Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, effective relationships. I'm a D, my direct is a C. Part four, here we go. Folks, welcome to something unusual at Manager Tools. Mike and I will be releasing a podcast from our Effective Relationships series, which typically is behind the paywall. These are long casts. In fact, the one we are releasing is two hours and 40 minutes long, if you can believe that. The show notes run to 18 pages. Typically, a show is only about five pages. They're probably the most densely packed with guidance casts that Mike and Wendy and I have ever recorded. And basically what they give you is an insight into using DISC to either manage your directs or in some cases to relate to your boss. There are a total of 16 casts in the Effective Relationship series. This cast is you're a high D as a manager and your direct is a high C. So you're a forceful, energetic, take no prisoners kind of boss. And your direct, to oversimplify things, of course, a little bit, is a perfectionist, a dot his eyes or her eyes and cross his or her uh, T's kind of person, likes to go slow, likes to have a plan, likes to wait, 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 wait which annoys, 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 annoys you. And there are ways to get highly effective performance out of directs who are different than you. And on the other side of this series of cast, there are a lot of ways to craft an effective relationship with a boss who's very different than you. For the record, again, these casts typically are behind the paywall. This cast costs $25. I think this was actually the first cast that we ever sold, or these casts were the first cast we ever sold individually in providing the show notes. And these casts, you could you would buy both the show and the very long show notes to go with it. There are a number of topics covered in all of these casts. We've chosen, again, I'm a D, my direct is a C, but for every single disc profile, there is a cast relating to a relationship with the direct. So, for instance, I'm a D, my direct is a D. I'm a D, my direct is an I, and so on for S and C. Same thing for the I bosses and the S bosses and the C bosses. And that's why there are 16 casts for all of the bosses, D, I, S, and C. There are then the same casts in reverse for directs. So if I'm a D direct and my boss is a high C, we have that cast. If I'm an S direct and my boss is a high D, which would be terribly problematic for most cases, that cast is also available. There are a total of 32 casts. Each cast by itself is $25. We then sell the series of casts, for instance, for a high D boss, for each of the four directs, D, I, S, and C, for only $75, so you get a discount, a three-for-four discount. I'm sorry, a four-for-three discount. If you buy all 16 of the manager casts, it is only $125, and if you buy all 32 of the casts, it is only $250. When we release these, the vast majority of people who bought them bought all 32 of the casts. That said, let's talk about this cast. We go into detail for your directs, tendencies, and desires. Guys, if you know Manager Tools, if you've been listening for a while, this cast has 16 bullet points as an outline. We start with your high C directs, 
tendencies and desires, what they think about, what they like, what they don't like. For an example, as a high C, your direct spends a lot of time thinking about the details of the work that he or she is doing. They want to be completely sure before they take actions. Another thing, your direct doesn't like chit-chat. Of course, you high Ds don't either. Your direct wants complete communication. He wants you to tell him about fine details, if in fact there are fine details. Not that a high D would be terribly good at discerning them. Then we'll go on to talk about what that high C, and again, this is just one of the 32 casts, what that high C wants from you as a manager, what they're looking for in terms of communication and guidance and relationship. We also talk about what your direct doesn't want from you as a manager. A high D who walks down to IC and wants to interrupt and says, you need to put this that I'm talking about now first on your list, annoys the high C. Now, that may be a reasonable thing to do in certain situations, but you ought to know in advance that it will annoy your high C. We'll talk about how your direct, the high C in this case, works with others. How does he tend to relate to other people with peers? How does he handle or she handle deadlines? And for that matter, conflict as well will tell you how any direct wants to be recognized. High C's don't like being called up in front of the room. They don't care for that level of spotlight attention. We'll tell you how they tend to communicate overall, and then we'll give you a number of specific situations. What you can expect from a high C, and again, or an I, or an S, or a C, depending upon the cast you buy, how they communicate face-to-face what you'll discover when you interact. A classic example, you high Ds don't realize that you interrupt people all the time. The high C will never interrupt. And frankly, with a bit of tongue in cheek, they will note in their head when you interrupt them that you have yet violated again one of the rules of conversation. And that will go in their black book against you. We'll talk about how they communicate in meetings. High Cs often tend to sit back. And quoting Albert Einstein, up until now, everything was in order. High Ds feel very comfortable speaking up, chiming in. If you're wondering why one of your directs is not doing it, it's probably because she's not a high D like you. We'll also talk about how they communicate by email. Email is a, a natural failing point for manager and direct relationships, and it's not hard to make small changes. And for each one of these, we're not only going to tell you how they communicate, we'll also tell you what that means for you and how to address each one of those things. How do you communicate with a high C by email if you're a high D? How do you recognize a high C? How do you handle conflict when your direct handles it a certain way? How your direct handles projects and what you should do about that. And then lastly, we finish with a take on manager tools, managerial behaviors, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching and delegation. How your direct, in this case, in this cast, a high C, responds to those things and how you can be more effective, whether you're a DIS or C, interacting with that direct whose natural approach in most cases is different than you. Again, folks, this is a four-part series. If you're picking up in part two or three or four, we encourage you to go back and start with the first cast where we start at the top. If at any time you want to go look at the Effective Relationships series of casts on the website, this motivates you to purchase one for $25 or a grouping for larger and larger discounts. We encourage you to go to manager-tools.com forward slash effective dash relationships. Again, we rarely do this. Danny and I on the road get questions all the time 
about how can I interact with my boss or my direct based on the fact that they're different. This is an extension of our effective communications conference, which has become probably more interesting and more exciting for people than the effective manager conference, simply because it fundamentally asks you to change the way you think about communication. And I will tell you, this cast leverages the single most important thing I ever learned in my professional life, which is communication is what the listener does. We hope you enjoy it. It's a chance to delve deep into a topic that affects all of us every week, every day. And we offer this one free to you in our normal stream as a way to introduce the idea and also to say, we know there are many of you out there who are high D bosses and you have high C's who frustrate you. And hopefully this will help you be frustrated a little bit less. We hope you enjoy this series of casts. Let's talk about projects. How does a high C direct handle projects? On the notes, it says they love projects and plans. You can tell I wrote it because I love to use the word love, but um, projects and plans, give high C's the ability to know where they're going, to make sure that they achieve their objective, to, to have something very clear and very structured. Um, and that's, and that's what they like. And they plan for every eventuality and they want to have the plan ready before they start taking action. So they'll, they'll take uh, the flat pack furniture out of the box. They'll arrange all the things. They'll find all the things that the piece of paper, the instructions say that they need in order to do it. They'll have everything lined up and then they'll start putting it together. And they're the same with the projects at, at work. They'll find all the materials. They'll find all the information. They'll have it all organized and then they'll start work. But that's what makes them happy. That makes them feel that they're in control and they've got all the variables kind of contained. Right. There's no... There's no unexpectedness. I think methodical would be a good way to describe it. And if you're methodical, there are some people who hear that word and think negative. High C's would not. They would say methodical doesn't mean slow or plotting the way a high D or high I might say. What they would say is if I'm methodical, that means I have a method. And the beauty of my method is if I apply the method, much like some of the manager tools, management Mm -hmm. tools, is that if I have a method, I can pay attention to how I'm doing. And I, if I fix certain variables, I can understand why something went right or wrong and I can improve my method every time. If I come up with a new unique method, which is basically off shooting from the hip and off the top of my head, the way high eyes would, you never learn what works and what doesn't work. You can't have a state of constant improvement. You can't have a state of Kaizen to use a, a, an eighties manufacturing phrase of, of saying, this is important enough that I always want to be getting better and I can never achieve perfection. But the only way I can get close to perfection is paying attention to my processes in a way that'll help me improve my process. Mm-hmm. In, in that way, I love this. I, I, I've learned over and over again in my career that my tendency to move quickly can be hampered by the fact that I don't, even though I tell myself a story about what I learned, it's really not the actual reason. And it may take me two or three times to discover I was wrong about what I learned. I needed to, I needed to pay attention differently. But if I had a plan and a process, it would have been much easier for me to be certain about why I got the results I got. So yeah. a weakness of mine that I constantly have to work on. I think it's safe to say that they're going to be they're, they they don't want to be quicker and more uh, effective if that compromises quality, yeah. right? There's the issue of quantity and time versus quality. Instructions will tend to be taken exactly 
And what I've discovered is they take a lot of time in the beginning saying, okay, this is a repetitive task. I want to automate this, yeah. right? Let's figure out, wait, let's think of this a little bit bigger. Yes, we're doing this for this, but we're going to have to do this 20 times later. So let's go ahead and take an extra month at the beginning and build the tool that will help us do this in automation in the future. And a lot of bosses will say no, because even though in principle, we'll be doing this in the future, it's not until the second time we do it that I'll want to build uh, an automated process. This time, we don't have time to do all the things that will potentially happen the next time we use this process. And that'll frustrate a high C, definitely. Yeah. So high Cs love projects. They want to follow their project plan exactly. But I'm a high D boss. I suspect I might get a little frustrated here. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this earlier. You want to take action immediately and you want to see action yeah, immediately. Yeah, do something, right? Yeah, do And the high anything. C would actually say, I'm actually doing something. <laughs> I'm planning so that when I actually implement my plan, it'll be efficient, it'll be effective, it'll be no muss, no fuss, not a lot of tangents, and so on. Exactly. Okay? And, and No false starts. Yeah. So you could learn some forbearance as a high D boss and right. he can learn to take action with 80% of the data. Yeah. So, so avoid getting frustrated that you don't see immediate results. You're not getting task completions back. <laughs> One of the things I've done in managing a high C that's working on projects is I make sure that there are visible signs of activity in the first few days. We at Manager Tools really believe that the first weeks of a project are really important. If it's months long, the first couple of weeks really, really matter. And so we, we teach a, a form of uh, the, the deliverables in projects include things like send me a note that this is done so that you can actually have right into the project plan, insist on early activity. That will satisfy you. And if there's simple things that he or she can do, it will also, it'll prove to you that action is being taken while they're still developing some of the things they're going to work on. Absolutely. I suspect as well, though, throughout it, they're going to want to push back on virtually, not every deadline, but there, there, there's going to be more pressure with every deadline. Whereas a high D working for me might be moving quickly and be doing a little bit of satisficing, the high C is going to be pushing right to each deadline yeah. and, and I'm and taking gonna, all the time they right. have to do the task right. rather than taking uh, the minimum amount, which is what a high D does. So there's some, some conflict there that the high D does. I need, I takes the minimum amount to do enough of the task right. to a good enough standard. Right. A high C will take all the time to do it to the best standard that they can. Yeah. And, and if I'm going to throw a change at them, I probably need to sit down with them rather than just saying, hey, by the way, there's a change. Da, 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 da. Just want to let you know Absolutely. and figure out, how, figure out what that means. Well, to me, as a high D, I'm saying that if you're my boss, that's fine. I got it. I'll figure yeah. it out. Whereas to a high C, oh my gosh. And so come by, sit down. Maybe we wait until the one-on-one -on -one tomorrow and I say, look, frustrated, but we've got a change to the project. Looks like the objective has changed. Uh, what I'd like you to do is, is, is take a day, look at this. And tomorrow morning by 10, come back to me with how your plan's going to change, yeah. right? And I know that's going to take an hour, hour and a half today. I know you don't have it, and I'm sorry. The fact is, we need to change, and I want to give you time to think about how that, what that means for the plan. Yeah. They're going to be frustrated, but they're going to be frustrated about coming up with a new plan rather than frustrated that you're saying, you have to change everything, and, and, na and, that's a pro <laughs> and it has to be changed now. Yeah. Exactly. I always think about then being an aircraft carrier. It's, it's, if you change the direction of an aircraft carrier, it takes a while. Five miles. Yeah. Five miles. The radius of a turn to change 180 degrees is five miles. Whereas a high D does it yeah. in a Ferrari on, yeah. a, on a dime. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just slam on the brakes, turn the wheel, and the thing spins around, and then put it back in gear and go. Exactly. The other way. Yeah. Um, and 
aircraft carriers are a lot more powerful than Ferraris. <laughs> so sometimes it's okay to let it turn around. And yeah. again, there's a balance between the energy and, and forcefulness and quickness of a high D with the thoroughness, completeness, and accuracy of the high C. In between the two of those things is a place where you're reasonably quick, but also appropriately thoughtful, where you're effectively decisive and you're carefully accurate. There's a way to do both of those things. Yeah. Oh, together you can find that. So now let's talk about the manager tools behaviors. Now, folks, if you're not a uh, manager tools manager, you don't do one-on-ones, coaching, feedback, and delegation, you can kind of ignore this. You can skip this part of the uh, the end of the, the cast, our guidance here. Um, but if you are a manager tools manager, and we expect many of you are, you'll probably want to talk about, you will probably want to listen to this. So let's talk about one-on-ones first. How do high C's tend to react as a direct in one-on-ones, okay? Um, obviously, the first thing is they're not going to be as forthcoming on personal matters, okay? Fair? Yeah, absolutely. They, they, I think they think of work and personal as, as more separate than other styles Agreed. do. Yep. They, they, and this is a work meeting, and therefore it's about work, and we're going to talk about work. And yeah. We're going to have a checklist, and we're going to work through the list. Yeah, I, checklist is, means prepared, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to come in well-prepared. Right, and there are some high I and high S bosses who, who ask us, "My my direct is not willing to be personal, and I like it to be personal." Well, <laughs> one of the rules there is that no, you, just because you want that doesn't mean that's what your direct wants. One on ones are about the direct; it's for the direct to craft a relationship with you. If your high C direct comes in and has a checklist, let him or her come in with a checklist and let them get through the checklist. That's what they want out of out of the meeting. And look, I tell high D, high I, high S. I see bosses all the time. If if somebody comes in and updates you on everything they're working on that week, how is that a bad okay. thing? The number of managers who say to me, oh, I'm uncertain where we are on this and my people won't update the internet site that shows project status and task status and things. Why wouldn't you want a regular check-in where they tell you I'm red, I'm green, I'm yellow, and so on? Um, uh, you'll probably find that they don't intend to go over the 15 or 20 minutes that you might give them and yet, if they have a long checklist, they want to get through the checklist to feel like they got their work done. Yeah. And so they may run a little longer than you might expect, even though uh, they love agendas. As we talked about earlier in the in the meeting uh, um, portion, they love the agenda, but, but the they'll time still go long. Thing yeah, bothers yeah. them. Yeah. Okay, that's how the high C feels about one-on-ones or thinks about one-on-ones. We like to use the word think rather than feel for the high Ds and Cs. We use the word feel for high I's and S's. It's not black and white, but it's a good way to think about the difference between a factual person, a rational person, a logical person, and the more emotional, people-based folks that we have in the I's and S's. So what does that mean? What does it mean for me as a high D boss with my high C working for me? Well, if you're one, your one-on-ones, their focus on tasks will please you. Big They're going to come with a list. list. Love it's going to be right. It's going to be task-based. They're not going to waste your time telling you about their weekend or their kids or any of that stuff. And you, because they tend to have very good tracking systems, um, although they tend to fiddle with their systems rather than actually do the work sometimes. But because they have good tracking systems, you don't have to track their work as closely as you do with another with other styles. Right. If you allocate like work, to, yeah. <laughs> If you allocate work to an eye, you have to check that they 
remember yeah. not not only that they've done they it, but they remember that they remember that you gave it to Heisey. Has it on latte. the list? I had a latte in my hand, so I couldn't write it down because lattes are important. <laughs> yeah, me and my buddies go twice a day for lattes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I think High Eyes invented lattes, actually. I think they did. Yeah. yeah Starbucks is like the perfect High Eye place. High, high D's invented coffee and High Eyes <laughs> invented lattes. Um, so they might avoid talking about the work they haven't finished. So you might want to keep watch out for yeah, that. I would actually say that as a High D, be aware that that High C is going to come in with a list. And the best thing you can do is help him or her finish the list. Mm -hmm. Okay. That said they will believe that they're doing something effective for you. And they may think that being open, being frank, candid, being frank is not actually the most professional thing to do. Mm -hmm. And the one-on-one -on -one exists to create a bit of openness, a bit of candidness, enough frankness, so that if there is an issue, it could come out because the relationship is strengthened. And yet high C's will tend to be less willing to do that. And so you may have to let me put it this way. If, you, if you're a high D and your gut is telling you something's not right, the one-on-one -on -one is the time to ask, yeah. I'm concerned. Something's not right. Can we talk about that? And, you, you know, look, you can't make the high C tell you, but the high C will respect the fact that you're at least broaching the subject. They may choose to, to withdraw again, but you've got to be careful. If all you do is a list and you're doing the list and you're happy with the list, You've got to be asking yourself periodically, what is my sense of this person and how they're doing? How, what is the quality of their work? Is there a trend in terms of decline and so on? And you've got to look for facial expressions that are not as often there. You're going to be looking harder at them and, and taking more notice of their body language. Yep. yep. Um, you need to ask specifically, do you need support? Mm -hmm. Right? They're less likely to volunteer that than yeah. some other styles. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. So, manager tools feedback model. Mm -hmm. Hey, can I give some feedback? When you do X, here's what happens. Thank you. Or when you do X, here's what happens. Can you change that? Let's talk about how a high C direct feels about that. What's their first thought? High Cs like feedback because lots of them are engineers and are software engineers and they, and they know that feedback is not emotional. Feedback is just, this is the state I wanted. This is the state I got. I'd like it to be different next yeah. time. It, it has also been my experience, though, that even though in principle they like feedback, if you're giving them feedback about something that they considered well and fully and thoughtfully, when you give them feedback, many of them, and the DISC model really doesn't talk about security, if you have a somewhat insecure IC, or if you're a fairly forceful boss, if you're a D or an I, and you don't deliver that feedback somewhat dispassionately, you're going to get a lot of pushback from high Cs. Mm -hmm. High Cs will say, but yeah. let me explain why I was right. And it may be in the beginning a lesson for your high C to understand, I'm not saying you were wrong. I'm saying the outcome wasn't what we wanted. And I actually had a good discussion uh, recently with a high C, uh, and he, he was astounded to, to learn that when it comes to decision theory, decision theory teaches us that you can make the right decision that ends up with a wrong outcome. Mm -hmm. Because a decision theory is about predicting a course of action for the future, making a decision and then taking some action. Because decisions are choices with actions afterwards, as Drucker tells us. And it, decision theory doesn't say the only good decisions are the ones that have good outcomes. Because there are times when you make the best decision with the best available facts, and then something emergent happens later. Well, I tried to help a high C in the, this high C says, wow, that helps me enormously because I believed I was right in the high C way of yeah. believing he was right. And then his boss said, well, that didn't turn out well. And the high C said, but, but I was right. And the boss said, 
Yes, I know. And, and it was it ineffective. And we don't get paid to be right around here. And the high C almost had an aneurysm. He's like, I can't deal with that. And when I told him about the idea that you could have been right, but it, the outcome wasn't what, what the organization wanted. And he said, okay, I'll need to, let, let, I get it now. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it because my goal is being right. My goal is being accurate. And if in fact accuracy leads me to the right decision, how could it possibly lead to net less effective outcome for the organization? Well, Stuff happens. Yeah. Things change. Priorities change. People don't support things that you present, you predicted that they would. And they, in fact, told you that they would. And then they didn't because mm -hmm. they're human beings and they're completely unpredictable. Holy Toledo, are we ever? There are seven billion of us and all of us are doing things that we shouldn't ought to be doing at various times. And, and, and so, uh, the high C, when you give him or her negative feedback and they push back, don't assume that they don't want the feedback. They do. They also want to be thought right. And the idea that you're giving feedback that something turned out badly and, and, but they were right, that bothers them enormously. They want to, they want you to know. They want to prove, hey, but look, I was right. And you maybe end up saying in the conversation, yeah, I know you were right and it turned out wrong. And for the rest of your career, you got to be careful that you don't substitute right for effective, <laughs> right? Because the world changes and rightness sometimes doesn't get rewarded. And then let them go and deal with that privately. <laughs> um, and, and so another thing you'll find is that they want feedback about their work. They're going to be a little bit less comfortable with feedback about interpersonal skills, right? They want work to be done right. They want the feedback to be about their work and about the quality of the work and the timeliness of the work and the accuracy of the work um, because those are things they're good at. <laughs> well, maybe not the timeliness part. Whereas if you start saying, hey, look, I need you to have better relationships with other people, you start giving feedback on that. That tends to be, they, they understand it intellectually, but that's probably not in their wheelhouse. And so they'll be a little bit more, okay, I got that. But they'll be a little bit slower to adapt. Yeah. Which doesn't ever mean that you shouldn't give a, or you shouldn't give them it. that. If they need it, and and then you can encourage them by the slightest thing that you see in that direction to give them more positive feedback on it. Right. Okay. So high C's like getting feedback after yep. a fashion. They might push back a little bit on the negative feedback. They want to prove to you that they're right. Mm -hmm. And what I did was right. And you're going to struggle a little bit with the issue of the fact that you believe what you're doing is right doesn't change the fact, based on the decision theory you went through, doesn't change the fact that the outcome is not effective for the organization. And that's uh, what feedback's about. Exactly. Effective it's future a, it, behavior. It, it, it's a, and it's about the outcome. It's not about that we have a podcast. There is no why in feedback. If you ask a direct why they did something, they always have a good reason. Nobody has bad reasons, stupid reasons reasons, ineffective, inefficient reasons for doing things. So they meant well, and the outcome is bad. You don't get paid for how people, what people mean, because if that's the case, everything's hunky-dory all the time. People don't intentionally sabotage things. However, there are times when I do things that I think is reasonable and the outcome is bad. I don't get paid for the, what I meant. I get paid for the outcome. And the organization gets rewarded for how good its products are, not for how well-meaning you are in <laughs> developing that product for an audience who may in fact moved on. So what does that mean for me as a high D boss? How can I be effective delivering feedback to a high C? Uh, accurate and timely is is kind of the watchwords for the for the feedback. If if you tend to gloss over the details or kind of be a bit vague about you know or talk, I mean we encourage feedback to be fast, but there's there's, there's fast and not including any words. Right. Um, and that devalues the feedback in the eyes of, the, right. of, of a high C direct. If you can't be bothered to find the right words and to be accurate, then it doesn't mean much. Yeah, I think that the issue will be that the high D will be quick and sometimes 
unfortunately will be a little too forceful with negative feedback, which will be off-putting to the high C. So you're going to have to be quick and as neutral as you can about it. Um, the other thing is, I think when it comes to negative feedback, that high C is, again, going to want to push back. And what you need to learn to do is say, okay, thanks, and the outcome is the outcome. And all I'm asking you is we want to change that in the future. High C is the one that if the negative feedback is not something they understand, they're going to want to prove to you that what they did was right. And that can be, not always, but it can be the start of an argument and feedback is not a place to argue. Say, well, okay, I hear that you were right and the outcome is not what I wanted and I want you to think about that going forward. Uh, and that's why we have a shot across the bow cast that we tell people, look, don't, don't engage in a 15-minute conversation if you don't want to. When you give positive feedback, try to give positive feedback about accuracy, about clarity, about, well, certainly about meeting deadlines. But your natural tendency as a high D is not to focus on accuracy and quality and precision. And yet that is something that a high C values, telling them that they're doing well and that is good. And also telling them, you achieved the result I wanted. You met a deadline. I'll tell you, I love giving positive feedback to IC when they meet a deadline because I want them to know, I prize that. That's yeah. important. I want you to meet your own standard for quality. I expect you to. You're a professional. And I expect you to meet the organization standard for the deadline. Yeah. yeah. And you can give them feedback about interpersonal skills at a, at a much lower level than you might about uh, an INS. If you go to a meeting with a high C and you see them deliberately go around, shake everybody's hand and say good morning to everyone. Wow. Which which I, I would do without even thinking, but a C a C has to think about and they and you know that's something you're encouraging them to do. Give them feedback about that. Right. Really good positive feedback because they're doing something that's hard for them. And negative feedback about situations where they talk too long mm -hmm. or they don't engage. Absolutely. Right. Let's talk about the manager tools coaching model relative to a high C direct. We agree high C's are coachable. Oh, absolutely. And again, it comes down to their system and process improvement view of the world. They can equally see that as a machine or a system can be improved, so can their work. Yeah. They, they, if they, you put it that way for them, yeah. they'll feel good about coaching. Right. I think probably to some degree, depending upon how the boss handles it, the high C might feel like, wait a minute, I, I want to do this on my own. And mm -hmm. I don't want you thinking, you know, don't don't demean me saying I'm at level X and I need to be at level 1.5 X and don't imply that I'm not good enough. On the other hand, the manager tools coaching model, believe it or not, guys, was originally built around coaching high C's because they needed a plan. They needed steps. And yet at the same time, a lot of high C's want the entire plan. And one of the things the manager tools coaching model says is no, don't develop the entire plan because we, we tried it a hundred times and it never turned out that the entire plan was worth a, a, a flip toward the end. And so we build it as we go along. They're going to take more time than other people. They mm -hmm. want to dot their I's and cross their T's a little bit. Um, they're probably going to want to read more. Mike tends to be a reader. Now look, I read three books last week, but that doesn't mean that as a high eye, what I would want is a mentor. I want to be able to call somebody and say, tell me how to do this fast and dirty. And, and Mike as a, as a high C would say, I want to read 20 books. I want to become an expert and then I'll start working on it. Right. So you may discover a high C saying, let me read a book. Let me go to a class. Let me do this. And then I want you to start assigning me work that will call upon my now new developed, newly developed expertise in order to get better. Um, so self paced online courses, classes they can go to, training sessions they go, go to rather than having 
someone look over their shoulder. Yeah. If you're thinking you're going to tell a high C what to do and you're going to be the coach, you're going to be the trainer in addition to the coach, probably a bad idea. Yeah, absolutely yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> and they, they just want a clear set of tasks and a path to the goal. That's just right. like any project. Right. And then you should expect them, uh, you can expect them weekly to report to you the way yeah. we would recommend in the manager's yeah. coaching model. Have them report to you every week in the one on one, yeah. at the end of the one on one. Okay, so high C's actually are coachable, right? They want to improve. They love the fact that the manager tools coaching model, of course, is a plan, but it's a high D. Does that work for me? How do I, how do I engage with my high C's uh, in terms of coaching them? It's, it's pretty easy for you because once they're on the path and they know where they're going, they they're just- They want to stay on the path, Yeah, right? and they're just going to follow the stepping stones and, and all you have to do is listen to their updates in, in their one-on-ones. I think the real plus of the manager tools coaching model here for a high D with a high C working for them is the manager tools coaching model says, if you tell them that in f you agree that in five months they're going to be at a certain level, they're going to be able to present to a certain standard, or they're going to be able to do a spreadsheet, or they're going to prepare the budget, or they're going to be able to run meetings, or what, whatever the case might be. If they don't get there because they're a high C and they're a little bit more careful and a little bit more slow afoot and they take longer, the manager's coaching model says that's okay. We don't penalize somebody who takes six months to get to a goal of self-improvement if we only gave them four months. If they're 80% of the way there after four months, we congratulate them and we give them two more months. The high C knowing it may take an extra month so that they can dot the rise and cross their T's absolutely feels great to them. And too many managers fail to say, and high D's particularly, fail to say, look, if we don't get there in four months, it's not the end of the world. I'm not gonna penalize you because I asked you to get to 100 and you got to 90. The classic American management approach, uh, uh, really professional management approach, it seems in a lot of places now is, if I ask you to get to 100 and you only get to 90, you failed. You failed. But, yeah. but, that's but the fact is we're still at 90. Acts. We're still at 90 as opposed to zero if we weren't engaged in this before. So I would encourage you high D's, relax a little bit about the deadline. The high C may push you and say, I need another month. Now, if you give them four months and you're 12 months in and they're still not there, okay, cut that stuff off. Mm -hmm. But but a couple extra months, it's, it's no, no problem saying, hey, when you miss a deadline, it slows us down and I want you to get there. What can you do better? And you can encourage them to keep moving forward. But if it takes an extra month or two, let it go. They'll take more time, but they will follow the path and, and you may have to encourage them to keep reporting, mm -hmm. right? You may have to remind yourself I would say if you're coaching somebody at the bottom of every single one-on-one -on -one form, put coaching with a question mark so that you can then on the back of the previous week's one-on-one -on -one form say, okay, dude, tell me where you are in the coaching steps. Yeah. There were 13 things you're supposed to do in the last three weeks. I haven't heard from you in the last two weeks. Where are you in all that stuff? And the high C probably will say, well, I haven't done a lot of it. Okay, that's fine. Let's talk about what the new plan is. Let's just come up with a new plan. What are the new deadlines? Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. And again, we're going to forgive the fact that they're behind in return for the fact that they're moving forward. So, manager tools delegation model. Let's talk about a high C, how a high C will receive that. So, I've decided I'm going to delegate some work to a high C. How is that high C? How, how is he or she going to feel about that? Not that we would ask them that. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. The high Cs like to, to be given work as long as they don't feel that they're already at capacity. Right. They, they have that engineering, you know, there's only 60 hours in the week. I'm already working 58. If you're going to ask me to do something that's going to take five hours, it won't fit in my box. Right. And the other thing they like, they want to know is why you're delegating it to them. Why, right. why the rationale behind it? You can't right. just do the drive by, oh, well, you take the sober right. thing. And of course, the manager tools delegation model says, hey, 
I'd like your help on something. Here, the second point is, here's, here's why, why I'm choosing yeah. you. So as long as you follow the model, you're good. Yeah, we will find the high C, say, it, and the third step in the model is, would you please take responsibility for this? It's a question without the details attached yet. Because you want people to say yes. You're going to find a lot of high C's say, well, I'd like to know more. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we encourage you to say, what more would you like to know? So that then when they tell you, you could say, so if I can answer that, then you'll be okay with this. Mm -hmm. um, high C's want to consider everything when you delegate to them. And sometimes as a boss, you don't have time to let them consider everything. High C's sometimes mistakenly have a habit of saying, no, that doesn't fit into my box. And so therefore I'm going to say no, failing to realize there are implications for mm -hmm. saying no. Yeah. You can say no. You can get away with declining a delegation in the manager tools delegation model, but that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences for declining a delegation. And the consequences are repeated declinations mean you don't want to be developed. You don't want to grow. And for those, for that high C that has a 50, has a 60 hour box and he's got 58 hours full, the fact that she doesn't like or he doesn't like the fact that he now has five more hours worth of work to do. And the fact that he has to figure out how to do those 58 hours worth of work in 55 or 52 so he can still have some some free time, some some play in there, depending upon a given week where he has exigencies come up. The fact that he doesn't like it doesn't mean that it's not your job as a boss to encourage him to do it. Um, high C's are the first to say, I'm fully busy. Yeah. Uh, I've literally figured out how to spend 50 hours a week doing 50 hours worth of work. But part of productivity improvements, which lead to profitability improvements, are saying we've got to figure out how we're doing what we're doing to the same level of quality in less time, which is a bit, bit more of a stretch for a high seat. And they're going to want detailed steps. And you're probably going to be less willing to do that if you're a D or an I. And that's okay. But they're going to probably ask a lot of questions in the beginning. Be prepared for a lot of those questions. Yeah. You probably need to put aside more time to give a delegation to a high C than you do for other styles. So high C's want to know why they're delegated to. They want detailed steps, which is sometimes frustrating for the high D mm -hmm. boss. So what do I do to be effective in delegating to my high C if I'm a high D boss? You've got to decide that you, if you if you want the work done by your high C direct, that you have to take the time to explain why and how longer, and right. when. It, but but wait a minute, Wendy. I'm a high D boss. The highest praise I can give one of my directs is to give them work. Right. I'm saying to you, I trust you with something that would normally be mine. Yeah. And, and you're saying, and and the, your choices are not have it done very well or not have it done at all by your high C or take 10 minutes to give them the, the detail that they want. Yeah, I don't want to take and, the 10 minutes. And, well, and then, then I don't get to delegate. A, right a dele yeah, dele delegation is getting this off your plate forever. Yeah, so 10 so minutes. So 10 minutes? Right, not a big <laughs> deal. Yeah. Uh, the one place where I can see a stumbling block is in the manager tools coaching model is when, when it says, will you please take over? And we haven't given them the details. Yeah. The IC's going to say, well, I don't know everything. And, and, and we encourage you as a high D, it's okay at that point to say, I know you don't know everything. And I'm asking you, are you willing to commit without knowing everything? Yes. I'm going to go ahead and walk through everything for you in detail, but I'd like your commitment in advance. And if the high C says, well, I'm not comfortable with that, what we'd recommend and what we talk about in the, in the delegation model is say, okay, what are your concerns? And when the high C says back, I, I'm, I'm concerned it'll take too much time. Then the high D does what we call a pre-close in the persuasive world. And we say, okay, that's great. I respect that. I know you're busy. If I could address that, would you be okay with this? 
And in about 80% of the cases, they say yes. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then you say, okay, now you know when you deliver the details of the task, you know I've got to spend more time talking about how much time. And in an example we use at the conference frequently, I say, it's going to take an hour a week. And suddenly the high C goes, oh, okay, then I'm on board. Good. And the reason we do that, again, is because we want them on board mentally, emotionally, as much as D's and C's can be emotional about things. Professionally speaking, we want them committed because when they listen, they'll be listening with an ear to solve the problem of how am I going to do this new thing I've never done before, as opposed to defending it. If a high C doesn't have to say yes to something and you walk through the details, the entire time is going to be them slicing and dicing the details in a way that says, I can't, I can't do all that stuff yeah. because there's all kinds of levels of complexity there and high quality that takes time for me to achieve. And, and you're suggesting I should be able to do this as fast as you. And I don't think I can and so on. So you're, one of the dangers is you're going to, you're going to hear more no's from a high C and you're going to have to find out what their concern is and address that concern when you deliver the details. And for some of you, you're listening to this and going, gee, maybe I didn't listen to the delegation. Yeah, I was about to well. say that. If you take a step back and do the never introduce a managerial change Even without, without introduce, introducing, introducing it, yeah. the high C will know where you're going with this whole, would you take something over for me? And they'll know that they will get the details once they say yes. Right. And, and, and knowing what's about to happen takes a lot of the insecurity away for them or the, the, the feeling that they're on a bridge that may not go anywhere, you know? Right, right. Yeah, because they're, they're worried about quality, right? Exactly. And you're worried about getting something off your desk. There's a balance in there, as you said. Taking 15 minutes to get rid of something forever, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And recognize that in the beginning their work is going to be slower than you want it to be. But they'll gradually get faster as they get better at it. And they'll it. probably do it better than and you And they'll eventually. probably do it to a higher quality standard. <laughs> okay, let's end with one more thing. Let's do a quick 30,000-foot level view. The dangers of a high D boss managing a high C. Well, big picture, what's the big first picture. thing? You go too fast. Too because, fast for the high C. For the high C. Because uh, I don't think I go too fast <laughs> for the high D. <laughs> no. But to the high C, C direct, yeah. you're going you, too yeah. fast. You know you go fast uh, okay. and, and you expect everybody to keep up with you. Right. And, and a high C just... Their natural be, tendencies. They can't be effective when you're when you're being a, a, a tornado around them. They can't. They they literally can't think. Right. Um, so So slowing down. If you want the best out of them, you have to slow down. Good. Good. Um, the other thing I think is that you don't want to engage too much of your role power, going loud, interrupting people, uh, saying, I, I don't want to hear it anymore, cutting people off and saying, okay, enough of this. We're going to do X. We're going to do Y. Making decisions quickly uh, uh, will tend to cause them to withdraw, and you've got to guard against doing that too often. It's not that there aren't some times when you're absolutely going to do that and we would completely support you. There are other times where if you need other people to get the work done and you drive the high C away by always going, okay, I've heard enough, we're going to do it my way. Simple as that. You've got to be willing to moderate your behavior in order to be more effective. And I think the key is, as you said, is to slow down a little bit. Not as much as the high C wants, but probably less fast than you might like to be. There's a, there's a, there's a happy medium. Maybe you only move 10% in their direction and you expect to move 90%, they ex you expect them to move 90% in your direction, but a, even a little bit will cause them to move more in your direction because you have role power and generally speaking, they want to please you because you are the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I think that's a good one. Slow down. Be careful about engaging your, your tendency to be a little bit forceful. I think that will help a lot of high Ds working with high C directs. Absolutely. If you get only two things from this, yeah. those two things yeah. will help over you Over and over and over again.
We covered your direct's tendencies and desires, what your direct wants from you as a manager, what your direct doesn't want from you as a manager or a boss, um, how they work with others, how they handle deadlines and conflict, how they want to be recognized, how they communicate overall, how they communicate face-to-face and in meetings and in email and how they handle projects. And then, of course, at the end, we covered one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation from the point of view of your direct. Look, understanding your direct's behavioral tendencies is a key part of being effective with your team because if you're willing to modify your behavior to be effective with each of your directs, that addresses the fundamentally most important thing that managers do, which is to know your directs. And it doesn't make any sense to know your direct and not be willing to modify your behavior to be effective. Knowing and not doing, it's as if you didn't know. Far too many professionals we know as managers don't take their directs approach to things into their own planning. And we've discovered the best managers do. They get frustrated. These managers get frustrated that they think their direct ought to do certain things and then the direct doesn't naturally do it. And it creates tension and conflict with the manager. And that doesn't make any sense, okay? And what you want your direct to do is often what you would do, but that only makes sense if they have similar tendencies to you. And oftentimes, the majority of times, (laughs) they don't. And modifying your communication with your direct will make your interactions more effective and, again, increase the overall efficiency of your team. You've been in situations we know where you said X and what was heard was Y and what was done was Z and it was a total disaster. And we've got to learn to communicate in a way that the other person understands because communication is what the listener does. Knowing your direct strengths and weaknesses will help you develop them in ways that are beneficial to the organization and to you and to them. If nothing else, keep in mind that even though you have a role power as a boss, being sensitive to the ways of other people is a form of behavioral diversity, uh, a respect for behavioral diversity. And respect for behavioral diversity is the start of respect for individuals. And the more you respect your directs, the more they'll respect you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long. 